Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. The strong, the powerful Ron Carson is back on Money Savage. Welcome back, Ron. Hey, thanks for having me, George. Excited to have you back on. Ron is the founder and CEO of the Inc. 5000 firm, Carson Group. He is a Barron's Hall of Fame wealth advisor, one of Forbes' top wealth advisors in America. He's a talk show host, a New York Times bestselling author, a rock climber, family guy, but again, a returning guest on Money Savage. So welcome back, Ron. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well... You left off probably the two biggest things in my life and mm. my family. I have, uh, have three kids um, and I have a grandson and I have another grandson on the way Christmas Day. Nice. And uh, for those listening that are parents, you know, I tell first time parents, life really doesn't start till you have your first child. And then it gets a thousand times better when you have your first grandchild. I just never drift. It can be so dang amazing and i'm a lover of dogs and anything outdoors and nature um we have uh dogs cat uh even in at carson the company you can bring your dog to work any day and we even have a bring your dog to work day uh we had not this year but last year we had 68 dogs <laughs> running nice. around you know, at the at the carson carson headquarters so um, yeah, why well, do what what I do? You know, George, I think we talked about this a little bit last time. Is um, our there's such an opportunity uh, to be a consumer advocate today? I I'm you know how many years have you been in financial services, George? Uh, it started in 2001, so it'll be 20 next year. 20 next year. So I started in 1983, and when I started, I was a total unconscious and competent. I didn't know what I was doing, but I didn't know I didn't know, right? And you know, the the whole industry, I don't even want to call it a profession. It's become a profession, but the industry then was all about everybody manufacturing products and selling product to the consumer and you know, I was a, a you know, um I, did, I didn't realize that I was part of the machine that really I feel is so full of conflict and really sets the client up um, to not to not do nearly as well as they should be able to do. And and so as my as my awareness, as I would call as I awoke within this business, which has fast become a profession, um, we really are out there about, you know, be, being a consumer advocate, being a true fiduciary. I'm still sickened that there's the brokerage side and the fiduciary side and nobody really understands the difference. And it's a major difference, right? You know, on one side you have to, by law, put your client's interest first. On the other, you only have suitability. And as long as you disclose it away on a 10,000 paid legalese prospectus, you can do it to somebody. And that's just wrong. And I still believe just because something's right or legal doesn't make it right. And I think our profession still needs harmonization. We still have a long ways to go. Uh, but people need us more than ever. 
Uh, we have a massive shortage of, you know, when I, in the mid nineties, there was a peak of financial advisors in around a half a million. Today, we have a little less than 300,000, but of those, the average age, you know, they're gonna retire in the next three to five years, 111,000, so more than a third of those. Wow. Um, and and so it it's really imperative that we bring the next generation in, we train them right, and here's an opportunity to reset and have more and more people, you know, operate on the side as a, as a true fiduciary. Yeah, well, amen to that. So, and I, I'm, I'm interested in, in digging more into, just so people have a good understanding of, of what that really means. And so you've been at this for, 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 for how many years? Wow, well, seven, seven, uh, 17 plus 37 years, I'm 38th year. Okay, right? wow. I went into my 38th, started my 38th year. And yeah. so you, you, you mentioned you were uh, unconsciously incompetent, which was 100% me. I think that I was that way through probably the first first half of my career. But now here you are and you are you've 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 built and you're growing one of the largest financial firms, one of the largest RIAs in in the United States, probably the world. Are you exactly where you expected to be or is this surprising? George, I had no idea. <laughs> I mean, I, I had I mean I have to pinch myself every day. I mean, I feel so lucky, so blessed, so you know, you put the adjective there amazing. Um, and I feel a responsibility, you know, I, I, I grew up on a farm just north of here and I thought I was going to be a farmer and, uh, and my parents went, went broke farming in 1982 interest rates were 21.5% wow. the prime. If you can imagine that. And, uh, I was just scared, you know, and I remember seeing my dad cry for the first time when he was going through all this stuff and we were losing our, our family farm. And, you know, I was reading an article in Money Magazine. It said, top professions for the future, right at the top of the list, become a CFP. I thought, you know what? If I can't be a farmer, I'd like to do something totally different. Hmm. It's something that I got to wear a suit and tie. You know, being a farm kid, you're always working on me. I mean, I was, you had, even when you washed your hands, they were so dirty. <laughs> you yeah. couldn't get all the grime. And we used to wash our hands in like diesel fuel, get all the stuff off. But, um, now that I've had the success and I feel like I've, I've seen into our profession, it's like we can really affect some incredible change. And, you know, we have 240 people that work at, at Carson here in Omaha. We have a, you know, another thousand that work with Carson in our 140 locations around the country. And they've all joined for a singular reason. And that is, to serve the consumer at a, at a much higher level and to unleash their own potential. You know, every day we get up, you know, we compete against our own potential. Every day we come up short, you know, my, my, my mandate for my personal life is to help people. I know whether there are retail clients or part internal stakeholders, which we call partners and, and quote unquote employees is to close that gap between what they're capable of and where they show up. And that's even true with financial resources. You know, a lot of people are directionless and, you know, they've done well or they're not doing well. And it doesn't take a lot of change. It takes some intentional focus on some areas to really, um, really help people move up. I call it Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, you're right. You start, we start all of our clients with the basics and that's, you know, having enough, you know, to provide 
uh, for food, shelter, water, you know, basic things. And ultimately, if I can take someone clear to the top of the pyramid to self-actualization and impact, you know, how can I, and, and there's a lot of work that my family and my stakeholders have done around, you know, we've been, we've been really fortunate. So how do we have local, national and global impact um, beyond just financial services? You know, how do we really move the needle, you know, in other people's lives? And then I'm often asked, you know, what gets you out of day, bed every day? Why are you why are you so excited? It's because I, I believe that we were in the first pitch of the first inning of the kind of impact, you know, my group can have for the consumer, but also byproduct of that success is having more of an impact in our world. Yeah, nice. So my my uh, grandpa was was uh, was raised on a farm in South Dakota during the Great Depression and went on to serve in World War II. He got drafted when he was 18 years old and then came back and had this long career with, with New York Life. And I, I, I've long revered, and, and I think that, that we as a, a culture and a society do revere farmers, probably not as much as we used to, just because of this hard work ethic, because you got to get up and do your job every day. There's just no two ways around it because nobody's going to do it for you. And then we're, we're in this culture where it's kind of like almost like like hustle porn or this this grind where I'm supposed to be working 25 hours a day, eight days a week. Um, how, how do you think about that? You're obviously you've you've reached the, the highest levels of our profession, but you're also a family guy. How do you think about balancing it out? So in my two books ago, I wrote a book called Sustainable Edge, and it was around the whole premise of the book was that you can't have it all that balance leads to growth and growth leads to balance and they're a virtuous positive cycle. And I, I love that. I had not heard that before, but the porn of working yourself to death. And I think that's a, that's a narrative that um, is unhealthy uh, and is counterproductive. And I used to be that person, you know, growing up, you talked about growing up on a farm. My dad, um, we worked all the time. I wasn't allowed to go out for sports. Uh, I, you know, he, he was a miserable person. My whole family was miserable because he, you know, we, we never took a family vacation. I remember we didn't even get to take all the other farm kids got to go into town and have lunch. We, we had to bring our lunch because we just worked all the time. Um, and so I carried that work ethic into my business and I just thought if I wasn't working, I was feeling guilty. If I wasn't getting up early, I was feeling guilty. And that's such an unhealthy, you know, mindset. And one of my mentors who I actually talked to today, who lives here in Omaha, self-made billionaire, you know, early on, I said, what, what, what advice can you give me? And he said, you know, Ron, find the brightest people you can convince them to join your team and get the heck out of their way. And as soon as I started to surround myself with really good people, I realized that I, I, I tried to be a library of information and I now have become a librarian and really a manager of, of resources of people. And, and you can, and it gives me time to take care of myself. And I always tell humans, you know, men, women, kids, you have to be selfish to be selfless. If you don't have self-care, if you don't take care of yourself, and by the way, working moms, are the, the they have the toughest time following this advice because they, they give everything of themselves. 
and and normally they're the last ones to get if there's anything left and rarely it is there they just they become run down and and exhausted and uh and the more i said hey i'm going to make a deposit in me bucket first which sounds selfish but the a magical thing happens and you're really there at a much higher level for everybody in your life and you're 10 times or 100 times more effective than just going through the grind of life. I, when you're in the grind, what happens is you spend your life on this unconscious journey and then you arrive at death mm-hmm. and it's all over, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like we say you, 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 live, you, you wanna live your life by design, not by default. You wanna have a purposeful, purposeful intentional life. And that's why in um, one of my, I've written five books, so I always I'll pull from these different ones, but a book I wrote, Avalanche, where we developed a thing called Blueprinting, Blueprint Your Life, you know, is if we are, I'm a big believer in the mind and that they, the mind experts used to say for every bit of information we hold in our conscious mind, we have 15 billion bits in our subconscious mind. Well, now we know that our subconscious mind is growing exponentially faster than our conscious mind, so th- th- it's an un- it's an infinity ratio, and in that that if you're not purposely thinking about things that you want to do or you want to accomplish, all that information is not going to do you any good. And so I'm big on saying top of mind, setting goals. I go out 20 years, 15, 10, five, three, one year, and every day I do my six most and my vital one and the most important thing. And my goals are around personal, professional, family. Um, and I just, I wake out of, I get, I'm 50, I just turned 56 and I get out of bed in the morning. I am so dang excited, you know, for the day. Cause I've got enthusiasm about what I'm doing. I have confidence in my ability to get there and I have conviction and, and the core values that we stand for and, and how, and how I'm impacting others and showing up for others in, in my life. Um, so that, that more I, the more I said I'm going to be balanced, the more powerful my results became. I feel like when I'm listening to you, feel like you've 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 you're you're hitting on all cylinders. You've 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 cracked the code for what it takes for you to be moving towards your ultimate potential. I saw a social media post. Um, I, think, I don't know if it was Carson or yours. Said that most of us had no idea what we're capable of. Um, is that sort of, is that sort of what we're talking about? Yes. Yeah, we are. There's a great book. Uh, I'm a, I'm a voracious reader. I mean, I, <laughs> I just love to read books and, um, there's a book that just was brought up to me. Someone asked me, Hey, would you read endurance? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite <laughs> books. It's a, it's a, it's, it's nonfiction and it's about Shackleton's expedition to the South pole. And have you read it? I have not. George? Oh my gosh for your listeners read this book because that will illustrate just how hard the human body and mind can be pushed before it gives up i mean if you were to read this you would and if you didn't know it were true that it really happened you would say as a human there's no way that really happened there's just no way right <laughs> The reality is it did happen and that's our full potential. I mean, these people that went through this expedition, they were pushed to the limit. There's just, there was nothing left, but it's really hard to push ourselves, you know, to the limit. 
and, uh, and mentally and physically, you know, and it starts with our mind, right? Our, our, we give up on our mind way before we ever give up physically and we can endure, we can handle a lot more than we think. And the other thing I'll throw this in, I just did a neurofeedback course, um, in Seattle, Washington earlier this year, it was called 40 years of Zen. I did it over, uh, July 5th. It was the day I showed up and our minds, I mean, they are so we, we tap so little of what we actually have. And so if we can train our minds to really be focused on the things that all, we all have the same amount of information in there. And those that are really, really uh, successful are, are pulling that and they're closing that gap, that, that potential versus where we're actually, what we're actually accomplishing, you know? And if you get to the end of your life and you look back on it and say, I'm glad I did versus I wish I had, how powerful is that? Mm-hmm. And the other thing I think we, we can realize is you ever know anybody, George, that they go through life and everything bad seems to happen to them. And there's another person who goes through life and everything good seems to happen to them. And through this neurofeedback course, I learned that because we go back and you you have to, it's all about getting to alpha, gamma, theta, beta, different brain waves, is that there's actually a gift in everything. Now, people that are positive, you know, even in, in times of, hard trials and tribulations they find the positive gifts and then those that are are bent on being negative even in the most positive environment they find the negative the negative and so you train your mind to look for the positive that's why the law of attraction and all that stuff really works is because if you can train your mind to actually look and feel for the positive you 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 will you will not only have an energy that really attracts those kind of people but there's all 99% of the things that happen in our lives perceived good or bad really have a positive gift in them and it can really perpetuate your energy to a whole new level I love it so you talked a lot about being purposeful and being intentional um, you talked about how you set goals in regard to your personal life your professional life and your family uh, and, and you look out a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 60 years. And then you mentioned that there's six things you do or think about every day. Yeah. So and, and it's important. I want to just because I go 20 years into the future. So here in December, here's what I'll do. I'll go 20 years from now. I'm going to be 76 years old. And my grandson's going to be you know 22. My newborn grandson this coming Christmas Day is going to be 20. You know, my wife is going to be, you know, same age as I am. And my kid, I actually write the ages out. And then I go, okay, these three categories, personal, professional, family. What would look like success to me? It could be material, it could be metrics. You know, ever since my kids have been four years old, I've taken them on a one-on-one trip. So, my, you know, my goal personally is to continue having continue those trips. And then I back up to 15 years and I do the same thing. And then to 10, I do the same thing. Then five, then three, then one. And think about my one-year goals are all connected to where I'm trying to go 20 years into the future. And then each day, the night before I go to bed, I think about what are the things I need to get done tomorrow, and I list them in order of priority. So what if I spent my entire day on number one? Well, I know it was the most important thing I had to get done the day. And the reason I do it the night before I go to bed is your subconscious mind will work on some of the solutions. And 
it's amazing how once you plant that seed, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to work on that, how things actually actually happen. And sometimes you get distracted. Sometimes you don't have the motivation. I always say the six most give me the ability to act when motivation is not present. Give me the ability to, to get refocused when I've been distracted. And allows me to remove myself from the whirlwind of stuff that consumes all of us pretty much every day in our life and to operate up here. You know, life's riches do not come from vague wishes. They come from purposeful, intentional action. And life's riches may not be monetary, right? You know, we talk about Carson, true wealth, all that we have that money can't buy and death can't take away. You know, it's like living a life that is genuine, fulfilling, and I think that, you know, for a lot of people, not all, but for a lot of people, that really comes from having the servant heart, really wanting to impact and help other people. Um, and, you know, and I, I remember early on in my, my financial career, um, I had somebody that was going to give $10,000 to their church. Remember, I just went through a family that lost all of our money and I wanted to shake them and say, are you crazy? Do you know how long it takes to make $10,000? I laugh about that all the There's a lot of the things I laugh about in my, in my early years. And now I get it, right? It's like they were getting more out of it, you know, from the way it made them feel than, you know, the, the money that they're actually giving away. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Man. Well, Ron. Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip, even though you've already given us a lot. What do you have for them? Um, my difference maker is uh, I meditate every day. And um, and one of the things I was just sharing this this morning in a meeting I had is that I used to have a hard time meditating. I would spend time whenever during the day and I used to listen, you know, people meditate. I'm like, oh my gosh, what a waste of time. This is back <laughs> when I was, the, you know, working all the time. And when I went to the neurofeedback course, they showed us our brain, what's going on with meditation when you have coffee. I'd always, first thing I do, get up in the morning and have coffee. And when you have caffeine, your brain bounces from the front to the back. And you want meditation is about the left and the right hemisphere trading and exchanging and talking with information. So I quit drinking coffee until after I meditated, and my meditation went up dramatically. <laughs> and I think just slowing down, spending a little time, a little bit of thinking is worth sometimes days, possibly weeks, maybe months of doing stuff. And so slow down, think, be intentional, less is more. You know, really ask yourself, is this the highest and best use of my time? Am I doing the most productive thing at every given moment? And by the way, being most productive might be being fully present with your child, you know, uh, coloring of coloring book, you know, but at the same time, you know, we live our life not in the present. We dwell on stuff that happened in the past. We're worried about something that happened in the future. And we miss the only time we can truly impact. And I think meditation really helps you, you know, li live more in the present. And do it without caffeine. <laughs> I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on. Come on. Nice. For a second, Ron, I thought you were going to say that you, you want people to stop drinking coffee. I was going to stop the show. 
<laughs> oh man, I love. I told my wife that we both love wine and coffee. Yeah. And I go, I could give up wine before I could give up coffee. <laughs> I, I, you know what? You, you took the words right out of my mouth right there, man. It'd yeah. have to be coffee. So that's so funny. Well, Rob, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, you know, and and uh, and I do a lot of speaking. You know, right? The, there's some books out there. I wrote Sustainable Edge. Uh, I just came out with Proven in the Trenches uh, in May, and I also did auto. I narrated on the Audible as well. And if you're in any kind of business, I would say, you know, it was written for financial services, but 90% of it's applicable to just people and regardless of where they're at in their life. And, uh, and so I, and the reason I wrote it, just wanted to help more people. And so, uh, connect with me or let, drop me a note let me know how you think, what you think of it. And I, I, uh, if you know someone that needs mentored young, a young professional, you know, have them reach, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I do a lot of I, I think I've pulled a lot of uh, kids into our profession that were looking to go other directions. I think it's the greatest profession in the world. If you have children, grandchildren, or you're looking for yourself, there is no better time to get into financial services. There's a really powerful trend developing for those that really want to do it right for the consumer. Nice. I love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ron your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find him on LinkedIn and Twitter. Give us the name of the newest book again, Ron. Uh, Proven in the Trenches. Proven and in the Trenches. Also on Audible, and I self-narrated. By the way, that's a lot more work than I thought. That's, that's, <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard that. Excellent. Well, thank you again, sir. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.